0: Today on episode 13 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, the seven components of an organization.
1: Strategy to me is not a business plan. It's not our strategy is to make money by selling these widgets. A strategy is a mantra. It is a mindset. It's the culture.
0: You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Randy Lane. Today, we're going to do something a little different. Instead of interviewing an industry leader, we're going to dive into a talk my co-host Chip Wilson gave about the seven components of an organization. Chip has spoken around the globe for the past 20 years about developing leaders and transforming organizations. We're putting some of these talks up as podcasts in a segment we're calling Chip Clips. And now, 360 Solutions founder, Chip Wilson.
1: There are seven buckets, we'll call it that, or components of an organization. This is what we call the transformation model. If you're going to transform an organization, step one is we have to understand the characteristics of a traditional versus high performance organization and then have a framework to be able to see the organization through. So there are seven steps. We start on the right-hand side with results. Key results indicate the level of organizational performance, because they define the success and health of the organization, the results are the starting point. Now you will see that there's an arrow that comes down and comes up to environment. If my results are bad, my paradigm of the external environment is not good either. I'm probably saying my results are bad and it's Obama's fault, it's interest rates fault, it's my employees fault, it's whatever it might be, so we look at results and if results are great we think the environment's great. If results are poor, we tend to tie it back to the environment because externally we want to create separation between negative and us. So it's natural for us to do that. So environment is organizations like all living systems can survive only to the extent they maintain harmony with the external environment. They must meet changing customer requirements, adopt new technologies, so on and so forth. So as leaders, we have to look at what's going on in the environment. The five steps in the middle are what you have control over. If you think about this, you don't have control over the environment and you only influence the results. You don't know what your results are going to be. If I knew exactly what my results are going to be, I'd do my taxes for 2016 right now because I already know what's going to happen. Of course we don't know what's going to happen. We only influence them, right? So the five steps in the middle. Step one is strategy. Next, core process, the structure of the organization, the systems that we use, and then the culture. Under strategy, there's two components to strategy. First is business strategy. What business are you in? What are your core competencies? What, what current products and services do you offer? What current market position are you in? Or performance against key industry success factors, so on and so forth. Then we have organizational strategy. What's the current mission? Or guiding principles? A sense of shared vision? Or current management philosophy? So strategy isn't just about what do we sell and how, how do we make money? It's also the organizational strategy. It's two components. Under environment, we look at things in systems. There's two types of systems as well. There's coordination and development. We have to look at alignment of all of these seven components and how our organization works. If you have a team and let's say you threw up a problem, okay? And the problem is we're not getting our product to our customers quick enough. They're complaining about that or they're not happy with the customer service or whatever the case might be. You draw a line down the center of this sheet of paper and you say, okay, on the left hand side, what are the things and actions that we could take that will get us better performance? But then let's also be very risk, realistic on the right-hand side. What are the forces that are pushing against us that are going to keep us from doing that? Because we can think of all the great things that everybody else should be doing, but then we also have to look at the, what's pushing against us to keep us from doing those things. And if we go through and we list out, then we'll figure out why things are going. You know, we want to provide all kinds of great products and services to our customers. Unfortunately, what's, we don't have cash flow to do it. That's a, that's a restraining force. We'd love to take care of our customers better. Sure, but we're understaffed. Why are we understaffed? Well, we have lack of cash flow. Why do we have lack of cash flow? Because we navel gaze all day long. We don't pay attention to our customers. And so when you start looking at the restraining forces, you understand why there's this constant back and forth struggle. Strategy is a set of conscious choices about how an organization will deliver value to its customers and distinguish itself from its competitors. Strategy is more of a mindset than a document. It addresses the interface between the organization and the environment. It lays the foundation for tomorrow's success while competing to win today, involves anticipating and adapting, so on and so forth. So strategy, to me, is not a business plan. It's not our strategy is to make money by selling these widgets. A strategy is a mantra. It is a mindset. It's the culture. Some of you have probably heard the, this uh, story that I think it was MIT that did it. They had a, um, a case study where they, they had a, a wildlife sanctuary, cage, probably twice the size of this room. And at the very top of the room, they had this big basket filled full of food. And they had five chimpanzees inside of this cage. And so they lowered, they put all this food at the top of the cage. And the scientists were on the outside. And the first chimpanzee, started climbing up the side of the cage going over towards the food and as soon as the chimp almost got to the food the scientist hammered him with a fire hose just blasted him and he freaked out ran back down the side and one by one each of the, the chimpanzees tried to get up to the food and every time they got close they hammered them with a fire hose so now after uh, three or four days You have these five chimpanzees around the cage that are soaking wet, been hammered with a fire hose for the last three days. They're eating out of a small bowl of food that's set out on the ground while all of this great food is up there. And the scientists, one at a time, take one of the original chimps out and introduce a new chimp. Now the new chimp gets there, you know, gets a, hey, what's up? I'm new, how are you guys doing? Right? Hey, look, look at all that food. So the new chimp goes to climb up to the food, what does the other four chimps do? No, no, don't do that. The new chimp's, what, what? Don't do that. Why? Dude, when you go up there, they're going to hammer you like you've never been hammered. Don't do it. Just stay down here and eat the rest with it. Don't even make eye contact with them, right? Just get along here. All right. And eventually, one by one, they take out the original chimps, introduce new chimps, so now we have five new chimps in this cage, none of them will go get the food, and none of them know why. All the chimps say, I I don't know, when I got here, everybody just told me, don't go do that, bad things happen. Well, why don't you, I, I just do, I'm just getting along. I just do what I'm supposed to do. There's no logic why we can't go eat that food. I just know that every time I bring it up, everybody else squashes that idea, and they say, look, nobody goes and eats that food. I don't know why, it's not my job. We get food down here. Stop trying to stir things up. I'm not trying to stir things up. There's food right there. I don't understand, why can't we go get? I don't know, dude, just stop. It's not our job. I just know when I got here, we were told not to go get the food. But I don't get it, that's so logical, why don't we do it? Because we're not supposed to. How? Does it happen? Does it happen in organizations every day? How long do you think it takes to reverse that culture? Seven years. years. (laughs) It takes a long time. Because logic always gets trumped by emotion. Always. Always. We do things that we don't know why we do. We do things because that's the way it was when I got here. We do things because I want to get along. I, I, I just, I don't want to be alienated. Right? Strategy. There are eight elements of business strategy. If I was to ask each and every one of you right now, let's start with a basic question. What business are you in? What would you tell me? There is no, there's no right or wrong answer to this. This is, the, this is the things that if you're going to create a business strategy, you have to look at and answer these eight questions. But more importantly, not only do you have to look at and answer these eight questions, the bigger issue, who you're serving or selling to, do they understand what you do and what the benefit is? So, when I ask what business are you in, what are your core competencies recognized and leveraged, what products and services do you offer, how do you position yourself in the market and the trends, what are the success factors to grade against, what, what distinguishes your strategy, what's your focus and objectives and goals. These are just simplistic questions that need to be answered, but it's, you will be amazed how many organizations can't clearly answer this. And you'd think it'd be fairly basic. It's not easy and I have a quick story about that. Some of you have heard it so bear with me. I joined BNI 20 years ago in employee training business and I did the same thing you did. I went, it was my turn, I said, "I'm in the development business of people. I'm, you know, strategy, leadership, sales. I'm in the development business. I do training, whatever you want, that's what I do." Week after week after week it went by no leads. No leads, no leads, no leads. Some of you might notice I get frustrated fairly easily. So, <laughs> so uh, it's a strength of mine. Um, so, about three months in, my frustration level was there because clearly I had explained what I do, at least I thought, but yet the people in that room didn't get it. So, out of pure frustration, it was my turn to go around and they came to me and they said, you know, Chip, it's your turn. I said, how many of you in here have a spouse that comes home every night and bitches about where they work or who they work for? I had a bunch of people go, great, I fix bosses like the one your spouse is complaining about. Give me the name of your company. They look to me kind of like a dog. Hmm? <laughs> how many of you work in a company that has excessive turnover? Great, you're a prospect for me. I fixed that problem. How many of you have salespeople who can't give stuff away, let alone make a profit? That's my entire team. Great. That's what I fix. I went totally away from the features and benefits, the logic, and I went to the problem, the pain. And I identified the pain. And they go, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. I see now how you tie to what I have a need for. When you're in training and development, yeah, if I get around to that, I'll call you they never get around to it. Emotion drives behavior, not logic. Fix an emotional problem, you'll make lots of money. Logically explain why they need to change, you'll make nothing. You understand that? Emotionally, people struggle. They don't want to feel the way they feel. They hate the feeling the way they feel. They hate being frustrated. They hate all of these things, and if you can help them change the way they feel, you'll have a client for life. If you logically come in and give them lots of logic, well, you're overweight because you eat too much. You're overweight because you don't exercise. Well, thanks, rocket scientist. That's not what I, I'm going to pay you to do. I could have got that at the bookstore. I need you to help me want to lose weight. Don't just logically tell me stop eating. I can step away from a plate anytime I want, but I'm not doing it. Why? What's keeping me from stepping away from the plate? Help me with that. That's what we do. Behavior modification. These things that we talk about are a framework to help people understand how they need to change who they are to get a better result.
0: We'll have more chip clips in the future. If you liked any part of what you just heard, Tweeted us at twitter.com slash 360 underscore solutions. We'd love your feedback. This talk is part of a larger curriculum we've developed for business consultants around the world to use inside of organizations. Interested in starting your own firm? Visit 360solutions.com for more info. There's a form there you can fill out to get Chip's new book, Principles of High Performance Leadership, for free. Again, that's 360solutions.com. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Make sure and subscribe via iTunes, give us a rating, and leave us a review. Tell everyone you know to do the same thing. The more subscriptions, ratings, and reviews we get, the higher iTunes rates us. Visit our website at hpleadershippodcast.com. Tweet at us at twitter.com slash 360 underscore solutions. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 360 solutions LLC. That's all together, no spaces. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.